Love burgers and pizza. Wanna see me eat some? Can't get enough of that meat. Yum. Chili cheese fries and some Mr. Pib. I need tacos with a nasty dip. Pico de gallo, mayo or dryo. Hot sauce or barbecue straight from Ohio. Homemade coleslaw, fuck Boston Market. Junkie blue cheese range into five star bread. Only one hummus and pita. Mozzarella pizza. <laughs> oh, we get it. Oh my goodness. Cat won't stop sneezing. Hello and welcome to Bring a Plate. My name is Ashley Madison. <laughs> and I'm Rebecca Shaw. Beck. Peter. 25 episodes. Whoa. Finally. <laughs> four episode thousand years. Four years in. <laughs> and we've made it to 25. Congrats to us. We're here at the Cozy Corner Cafe in St. George. Mm. The cafe of my youth. I see, yes. We're having high tea. Yes. Uh, by which I mean... I mean we're stoned. <laughs> we've got some beautiful curry chicken crepes, the Cozy Corner's speciality. You have been telling me about the crepes since we met. Cozy Corner is definitely still open. Yep. <laughs> the curry chicken crepes, which they still serve, are so good. The thing you have to do when you order them is you have to say, you know how you can make special requests? Like yep. if you're a big shot and you go to a restaurant, you can just like order. Me, yeah. You can order something that's not on the menu. Yeah. You can just say, make me this. I always say, put the chicken crepe in the microwave for an extra 30 seconds or else, <laughs> you know? Um, once uh, when I worked in uh, cleaning in a food court. Speaking like that. I was listening over... Over listening? Nope. Overhearing this mother and daughter ordering at there was a crepe shop, mm-hmm. and but they pronounced it craps. Yes. And so they were like, "Mum, do you want the mushroom and cheese crap?" You've already told this story on this podcast. Oh, before. Well, congrats. We're in repeats. Welcome. Guys. Welcome to episode. Welcome 25. everyone. I don't remember what I say on this <laughs> stupid thing. We've had some eventful times of late, you and I. Have yeah, we definitely have. Um. Within, I would say, a couple of days of each other last month, I don't know, this is going to age us terribly. I don't know how to put this, but um, Nan and Pop both had falls. They're getting a bit light on their feet these days. and uh, I didn't... The funny thing is... Gra- Gravity is really going against <laughs> us, you know? Because I tweeted a lot about my fall because mm. it was bad and it hurt. And yeah. you didn't say anything. I didn't know you'd fallen over until like a day ago. Well, my fall is fairly embarrassing. What happened? Tell. I haven't I heard the story. Why you tell me what happened with your fall first? Okay. Um, it wasn't anything exciting. I just went to a um, bar and I it was too full. Like there was too many people there. And they threw you out of the bar. <laughs> yeah, they threw me out. They said, don't want your kind in here. And I was just walking out and there was a dip in the bricks and I just... Oh, my God. I just smashed into the ground. Were you intoxicated? No, I hadn't had any drinks. Oh, my goodness. I know. I, I, it would have been better if I was intoxicated. And I also... There was like a sign in front of me with like a metal base and I smashed my face into that. <sighs> and so, my lip was bleeding and I like... Br- I really hurt my knee, which I still sore. And, of course, it happened like... There was essentially like a tables full of beautiful models <laughs> who were all really nice disgusted they were i heard like people being like <gasps> when i fell like I, they thought i was dead and so the relief and i was alive <laughs> but then they um they were one of them was like oh don't worry i fall over all the time and i lo- looked at her and she's like the most put together model and i she was weighed like, like 10 kilos yeah like, yeah because the breeze comes yeah. no i'm like she falls um, like stumbles and then falls into like a a pile of cute puppies or something, or like a 
bag of money <laughs> just like whereas i'm like smashing my face into metal bars she's like so what did I you hurt it was was it was just your face was your knee oh uh, yeah i really hurt my knee i wanted just to like caterpillar like do the um caterpillar the out just the worm just keep going um but i was too shaken up i would have just stayed flat on the ground i really couldn't get up and just keep walking which i wanted to do um you had to be helped up i had to be helped up i had oh, to, like man. someone someone no. gave me their seat and then i left and went and sat somewhere else and cried. <laughs> I, I fall hard. Yeah. That's just my you way. fall hard and put away wet. <laughs> that's a call back. No, it's a call forward. That's a call forward. Oh, a little, a little Easter egg. <laughs> my story is much less interesting. I was literally exhausted yeah. and I threw myself very dramatically on my couch, <laughs> which is your old couch. Yeah. In like, my old apartment. Like, do you know that ad where Nicole Kidman <laughs> is like, she's in the Emirates aircraft and she like just kind of falls back onto her aeroplane seat? It was kind of like that. It was like really dramatic. It was like falling back and my knee came up and hit my what rib. And uh, I don't mean to make your story sound like, you know, like a little oopsie daisy. I don't mean to patronize you, but I actually broke my rib. <laughs> It's funny, your partner Becky was saying that if we had both met in a doctor's office, it would make a really great romantic comedy. Yeah, it's adorable meet cute. They fell for each other. <laughs> yeah. Or, thank God he met Leslie. <laughs> this um, wasn't really a fall, it was like a... Were you saying I did on purpose? No, 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 but it wasn't really a fall, it was like a kick yourself in the chest. Yeah. That's very weird. I wish I had have seen it. I had to go and get an ultrasound. Did you go to the doctor's? No, I probably should because my knee still hurts two weeks later. I think you should go. I, I actually went to get to the doctor. I went to get an ultrasound and an x-ray Whoa. by doctor's order. An ultrasound because he thought you were pregnant. Yeah. Well, when I did go in there, I almost did make the joke. Um, I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. <laughs> but he's probably heard that fucking every day of his life. It was weird because as soon as I got in there, it was like a kind of young guy. And I had to strip off Doogie my... Hauser. Yeah, I had to strip off my shirt and they... You know, I have to put that Why did, Wait a second. Why did you say you have to strip off your shirt? That's what you have to do. You have to strip like, off. take it off. <laughs> no, you I was like, riding my pony. <laughs> no, no. So, I stripped off <laughs> okay, really slowly. He was like, is this going to take much longer? But when um, you have to, like, lie down on the table, he had to tell me to – um, he was like, okay – I'm going to need you to stop sucking your stomach in or else I can't get a proper (laughs) ultrasound. Um, And so I was just like, fine, here's my fucking gut here to see, gross man. And then basically what they do, if you've never had an ultrasound before, Mm -hmm. they just like, he squirted all this really sticky gel all over my stomach and then threw a towel at me immediately after and was like, clean yourself up and get out. And I was like, hmm, this is familiar. (laughs) And it was... Now you're in love with him. (laughs) Now I won't stop calling. But that was weird. He said I didn't have any, like, punctured lung or anything, you know, a bit of a silver lining. Yeah. Basically, yeah, I was just told uh, some very helpful advice. Uh, Don't do anything that hurts. It's like, thanks, doctor. You have Um, to give up your... um... My horse riding. (laughs) Yeah, your horse riding. Uh, I actually have an extra rib, they told me as well, Beck. So if you need another rib to create How woman many- out of, I can give it to you. <laughs> That's what I do need. How many ribs... Can one boy have? Yeah. <laughs> Never enough. 
Another thing that's happened since our last podcast, Becca, yes. a lot, the Berlin Wall fell. <laughs> you haven't heard of it. It's, we need a um, Sandra Sully Big Brother wrap-up every yes. time. <laughs> this person died. <laughs> I wonder who did die. We should do a list of Okay, every at time the next we podcast, should – Okay, good idea. At the start of the next podcast, we should do a list of all the famous people who've died <laughs> since. at the beginning. Okay, good. No, another thing that's happened was uh, – Mark Latham has resigned from the Australian Financial Review after it was discovered that real Mark Latham on Twitter was real Mark Latham. <laughs> we should explain who Mark Never Latham Never saw it coming. <laughs> we should explain who Mark Latham is. He's um was almost prime minister. <laughs> yes. Which is so horrifying. Yes. And he's that I saw someone tweet like the thing that sums him up is that his Wikipedia page has the Hungry Jacks incident. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He did punch a photographer outside of Hungry Jack's. I think that was only very shortly after he was Labour leader, wasn't it? Yeah, and he also um, broke a cab driver's arm Mm -hmm. once. So, of course, the Australian Financial Review employed him to write their columns. Yeah. Who, it was Mark Stefano from BuzzFeed yep. who sort of uncovered this story. And it's the kind of story that BuzzFeed does well because they do understand how social media works. Yep. And it's, a, you know, it was a story that you uncovered through social media yep. and through, uh, I think, what, the find friend list on Twitter. Yeah, it's something like it's pretty simple if you know. Yeah, if you know his email address, Mark Latham's email address, you can find out so if he has a Twitter account. We didn't account. really say Basically, he was sending this egg account called Real Mark Latham was sending... Troll tweets. Yeah, to people like Rosie Batty, who was Australian of the Year after yeah. her son was murdered by her ex-husband. Yeah. And like Kate McGregor, he would send like transphobic yeah. tweets Using to her. Using her male name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't just like... Because the, the Australian Financial Review, they kind of did some articles um, defending him after he mm. – and one was like people are afraid of debate and all this stuff. And I was like, de- well, that isn't debate, sending abusive messages to people, like women exclusively. So basically he – it was called The Real Mark Latham, but it was – everyone thought it was a parody account yes. because it was so dumb. And so Mark basically found out that Mark Latham in his columns was using mm. stuff from that Twitter. Yes. And then Mark Latham denied – like the tweet – the account denied that it was Mark Latham, but it would have meant that Mark Latham was ripping off this random Twitter account for his columns. Yes. and using his personal email yeah. address to sign up for <laughs> the it. The email was the final nail. <laughs> it was later revealed, I think a couple of days after he was uh, – resigned from the AFR, I should say, not dismissed from the and AFR. He's, and it's just a coincidence, got nothing to do with the Absolutely BuzzFeed Absolutely nothing thing. to do with the yeah. BuzzFeed thing. But there was a lot of defence running in AFR from people who were saying, <laughs> actually, the column's really well written. It's not well written. No. You know what it is? It's very written. Really, really written. <laughs> and he does. he just does really hate women. He. It's so blatant. Like, he attacks – that's – only people he ever attacks women. It's like women. Tara Moss, yeah. Annabelle Crabb, yeah. Mia Friedman. Only one of those people I'm on board with, <laughs> by the way. But they also revealed in the AFR like a couple of days after he resigned that the Twitter account wasn't just his Twitter account, but like it was like a collab between Mark and his friends. I don't know. That's what they said in, in, yeah. in someone else's column. It's, it's a collaboration. So all of those tweets that you saw <laughs> of real Mark Latham and thought, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen – that was like workshopped yeah. by a group of people. Um, you know what, Beck? It's always tragic when a Twitter account dies, isn't it? R.I.P. Yeah. Um, it's heartbreaking. And 
there's really only one way to remember them, mm-hmm. and it's by remembering some of their best tweets. <laughs> August 2, Indigenous man at Kembla Grange races. I can say this because I'm Aboriginal. Adam Goods is a dickhead and I would happily boo him. January 25. Saw Birdman last night at Norellan Cinema. Crap movie. More close-ups than Tara Moss' Facebook page. And just as predictable and boring. August 15. Congrats, Big Mal. Buzzfeed wanker says your world's highest ranking blah blah blah. Something to tell the grandkids. April 21. This is one of the biggest turtles I have ever seen. Hashtag Mighty Turtle. <laughs> April 17. What is in a name? Hillary Rodham? Hillary Rodham Clinton? Hillary Clinton? Cher? Cher Bono? Cher Allman? Cher Bono Allman? Hillary Cher? <laughs> R.I.P. We'll miss you. We will remember you. Beck, I think you and I would agree that it's hard to stay fit. Yes. Um, we fall over and hurt ourselves. <laughs> it's hard to get fit and stay fit, and that's why I'm always looking for motivation mm. on things like Instagram. It's a great place for fitspo. <laughs> and there's one woman in particular who's providing a lot of fitspo of late, and I discovered her via, I think, Nadine Von Cohen, very funny on Twitter uh, yes. and great on Instagram as well, on her Instagram page. Um, this woman's named Kim Anami, and uh, her bio is fairly straightforward. It just says, Kim Anami, holistic sex and relationship expert, vaginal weightlifter, surfer. <laughs> That's right, Beck. I said surfer. <laughs> Amazing. You can't. I don't think you can sandwich something in like <laughs> vaginal weightlifter in between two other things. Loves coffee, zombie movies, vagina, <laughs> vagina vaginal weightlifter. <laughs> Love my kids. Um, <laughs> had you heard of vaginal weightlifting prior to hearing I about feel him? Like I've, I feel like I vaguely – Really? Like, in passing, I may have heard of it before. <laughs> I, I hadn't ever heard mm. of such a thing. So, I – was really grateful that there was a Wikipedia page on oh, it. excellent. Um, where they explain that essentially it's all about the pelvic floor yes. and tighten, like just giving it a good tighten, just yep. tightening it up. Yeah. Um, and you can use something, uh, the tools of the trade are called vaginal cones. Right. Big shout out to the 70-year-old lady who just walked past the window. <laughs> Got to very distracted. As soon as vaginal her. cone was mentioned. <laughs> The other tool of the trade is something called a jade egg. Yeah. Had you heard of a jade egg I have before? heard of that. Before this, before all yeah. of this. What's, what's what? the function of a jade egg? Isn't it, it's like a... Um, you put it in there. Yeah. And it, there's a string attached. Yes. It, it, it's it like, sounds like a really ex- expensive tampon. <laughs> <laughs> is there GST attached? Yeah, it's for exercising your pelvic floor, I think. Okay. Do you know a box of... Em- Do you know what a vagina is? Let's start okay, there. Okay, let's start there. A vagina... <laughs> a box of Empress Jade Eggs will set you back, and I can't believe this, $150. Uh. For something you're sticking up your vagina, 150 bucks. Yeah. Only the best for my vagina. Well, it's a box of them. But it's like, how many? Is it like, is it like a dozen eggs? <laughs> it's a baker's dozen. <laughs> They are. They do look beautiful, though. They're like beautiful stones you collect from the beach. It's like um the relaxation ball things mm. that you. I use jade eggs for that. 
By the way, I looked on a website where you can buy jade eggs, yeah. and it says right at the top of the site, money back guarantee. <laughs> Who is returning their jade eggs? This isn't jade eggy enough for me. <laughs> I tried this, and it didn't feel right. Were you there to buy me some? Yes. For my birthday? No, it's coming up, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, let's get back to Kim because she does post a lot about vaginal weightlifting. I'm not sure if she uses the jade egg or if she uses something else. You're just speculating. But she's all about uh, the hashtag, things I lift with my vagina. (laughs) And she's also a world traveler. So if you look back through her Instagram page, really scroll back, you will find many photos of her around the world. Beautiful photos. Spain, Venice, you know, the UK, California. And she'll be, you know, in front of uh, some kind of location and she'll be lifting a different object with her vagina. Yeah. So, to explain it, it comes off like a string and it's hanging down. It's not like in... The way I would describe it is it looks like um, vagina totem tennis. It's kind of just swinging there. (laughs) One of them, the most recent one, she's in San Marco Piazza in Venice, where I've been as well, Rebecca Shaw. Got to say, when I went to San Marco, never swung anything from my vagina. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be saying swung. It's very diminishing of me. She was lifting something. Yeah. She's lifting it. Powerfully. She hasn't just got it swinging there. I think it's amazing. Okay. I think it's amazing in the sense that she can do it. Yeah. Does she need to be do it, like, doing it in famous parts of the world? <laughs> like, surely the amazing thing is that you are lifting this thing, not that, you know, I'm here at the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> lifting the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> but she is just combining her love, her passion for weightlifting with her vagina and traveling. But one of them, like, uh, sorry, I'm a, I'm impressed by some things. Like, so <clears throat> the one in Venice, she's like lifting a goblet, which I would think would be fairly hefty. Yeah. And then, like, she's in California lifting a pomegranate. Come on, Kim. <laughs> You can't go from like, you know, lifting a dumbbell and then the next day you've got like, like an- here's a mandarin. And it's like, no, no way. You got to go up in scale, yeah, yeah, surely. Yeah. You can't take steps. Start step- with the mandarin. We can't take steps backward. My favorite thing about her isn't the vagina weightlifting. I read through some of her blog posts and her oh, Twitter. and Aren't they amazing? Sh- okay. My favorite is there is a blog post called a hungry pussy is a happy pussy and it's about how she doesn't believe that anyone should have to use lube like for anal sex yes but not for vaginal sex including menopausal women really she's like so judgmental about women i'm guessing she's not gone through menopause so how can she make that call because once she helped an older lady get wet i guess (laughs) (laughs) and she says that vaginal weightlifting practice is an essential skill and the clitoris is just the tip of the iceberg, literally. <laughs> but can I just read you some? Sure. I went through her Twitter and I didn't click on these links, but these were the tweets that, like the links to her blog posts. Um, when your partner has had a hard day at work, invite him to unleash that into your vagina. And there's got a link to something. I want to be filled up with love and spiritual wisdom and cock. It's all the same source, really. Beg to differ. Source S-A-U-C-E. <laughs> and finally, be the cock that lights up the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my epitaph. Um, and she's also provides really practical advice on her Instagram. I agree. Because if you learn to be a vaginal weightlifter, she says that when you have heavy groceries, you can carry some bags with your vagina. So next market day, you go to Beck. 
Don't worry about <laughs> carrying stuff in your hands. Just strap that green bag to your vagina and be on your but way. But wouldn't that take time? Like, just make two just trips. Just hooking it up. Yeah, just, you'd think so. <laughs> Go with the car to the house. You're fine. <laughs> Beck, one of the <sighs> things that we've spoken about since the very beginning of this podcast, I think from before the first episode, yeah. uh, was a claim that you made yeah. that Passiona and Pasito, two passion fruit flavoured drinks, rival passion fruit Australia, flavoured rival drinks. Rival Australia, yep. That you can tell, the, not only can tell the difference between them, but that one is significantly better than the yeah. other. And in episode 25, a landmark episode of this podcast, we're putting that claim to the test. Oh, shit. In a blind taste test. So, the backstory is Passiona and Pasito are like the Pepsi and Coke. Well, Passiona, I think, is Schweppes. And Pasito is made by Coca-Cola Amatol. Yes. And yeah. so I think in different states, there's different preferences. Although I think Passiona was the original. I hate to blow your care. mind. I Original is not always the best. So obviously you are team Pasito. Duh, because I'm not a monster. Duh, Fred. Duh, Fred. <laughs> so, Beck, I've just laid two mugs before mm-hmm. you. I'm going to blindfold you. Yeah. Um... And, oh, God, this is so sexy. It's like 50 <laughs> Shades of Grey, but with Pasito. Do they? I don't think passion fruit flavoured soft drink is a thing anywhere else. In the world? I don't think. In America, it definitely isn't. They're missing out. Yeah. They need to import some passion yeah, fruit flavoured drinks. And I even looked through your Twitter page before I <laughs> oh decided to do this. All through it. Every tweet. Read all yeah. of them. Love it. Good stuff. <laughs> some good stuff on there. Um, back in December, you said, and I quote, I believe if you tasted Passiona and then Pasito one after the other, literally nobody would prefer Passiona. I refuse to debate this. Goodbye. <laughs> By the way, two RTs. Not your best work. Uh, um, look, two, I'm, any is good enough for me, mate. Okay, so you're blindfolded. I'm going to get you to get the first mug. Yep. And then this will be mug one. I don't want you to tell me what it is until after. Okay. So mug I won't one. Be able to tell. You're trying mug one. Have you swallowed? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Now, mug two. Mm. Mm. <laughs> One's far more delicious. One's far more delicious. Mm. I wonder. Rebecca Shaw. Yes. I'm scared. Mug number one was Passiona. Yeah. Mug number two is more delicious. You said mug number one was more delicious. No, I said one is more, like one of them is more delicious. Oh, this is no. No, I said one of them is more delicious. You said mug one is more delicious. No, I didn't. You can't backtrack now, now that you know which one was Passione. No, I drank the- Rewind the the tape. Mug one, you said, was more delicious. No, listen to me. I drank the second one and I said, mmm, one of the, I said one is more delicious, as in one of them is more delicious. And I meant the one I just drank. I don't believe this. I'm telling you. You just took another sip of the Pasito and your face grimaced. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> this is an outrage. I refer- as, as soon as I drank it, I was like, mm, one is more delicious as in the one in my hand. I want you to finish off that Pasito right will. now. Right to the bottom. No, no breaks. You can't. You can drink it all the way down. More, pa- more Pasito. More Pasito. <laughs> Nobody could drink these two and think Passiona is tastier. It's just not. I refer to your friend Karen Pickering, who replied to you, Pasito is the dirt passiona. Fuck you, Karen Pickering, my <laughs> Noted good feminist friend. Karen Pickering. <laughs> Fuck Feminists you. Feminists are bad. Pasito is the best. Passiona is piss. 
Beck, I think it's time for some news minute. Hi, this is News Minute. I'm Rebecca Shaw. There has been a measles breakout at the University of Queensland with an infected student thought to have also visited Indrapilly Shopping Centre and the Royal Exchange Hotel. Health officials have warned students to avoid the Royal Exchange Hotel, not because of the measles, just because it is very gross. Banksy has opened an installation called Dismaland near Bristol full of subversive artworks critical of the vain and moronic Western culture that bankrolls his art. If you can't afford the £3 entry fee, you can get the same experience by walking in on your sad teenage son masturbating. US tabloids have alleged an affair with a children's nanny was behind the high-profile split of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Affleck denies reports, saying, It wasn't the nanny, it was the cook in the conservatory with a fleshlight. Sexpo is on in Brisbane this weekend, and if you don't know what Sexpo is, it's an exhibition for people who would like to have sex with MasterChef Po Ling Liao. Finally, somewhere Peter and I can go as a couple. Now here's Peter with sport. Well, Australian fast bowler Shane Warne has shown off a mural specially commissioned for his home depicting celebrities at his fantasy barbecue. In a video explaining the mural, Warne says, That's Bruce Springsteen having a chat to me about cricket. Mick Jagger having a dip in the pool. There's Muhammad Ali and Frank Sinatra having a bit of a tune. Warne continues, There's Bob Durst nicking some saveloys. That's Mother Teresa laying perfectly still and Anthony Kiedis eating sushi off her body. In the corner, that's Sally from Bardot playing Mahjong with David Koresh. Australian golfer Jason Day this week won his first major at the US PGA Championship. Or he didn't. Who can say? Nobody has ever watched it. After his victory, an emotional day said, If you think golf is the most boring part of this story, wait, I'm also from Bodesert. And finally, rising cricket star Anwar Ali has revealed he was once a child labourer, ironing socks at a factory in Pakistan. Speaking on his tough days in Karachi, Ali said, Hey, I'm just grateful I wasn't adopted by Jonathan Franzen. And that's sports. Beck, in our 25th episode, you know we're getting really desperate when I do something that I never thought I'd ever do. And, you know, probably I would say never wanted to do either. (laughs) I've been trying to convince you this whole time. We're really running out of content (laughs) when something like this happens. And when I say something like this, I mean, get a guest on to do an advice column because advice column, kind of advice segments, sorry, are very passe. Yes. Um, done to death. And, uh, that's why we're doing it right now. <laughs> um, and our special guest, much hyped for this episode, special mystery guest. Her name is Kay Taggart. No relation. Yes. <laughs> um, Kay joins us on the line, the telephone wire, from St. George in Queensland. How are you, Kay? Very well, thank you. You've got a very good radio voice. You do. I always thought so. Yes, I, okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Kay is your mother, of course. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, good. Just in case people aren't getting the joke that you're doing. I did think, uh, and Kay can confirm this, that when I was... 11 years old, I did think Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were my true parents. <laughs> How on earth? Um, I thought it was Jeffrey Rush and Kate Blanchett. I'm a little confused. Um, Kay, you're on board to answer some uh, questions from our listeners, aren't you? I was born to answer questions. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. Um, are you ready, Ismay? Are you on the bed, can I just say? 
<laughs> Every call you ever take from me, you're on the bed. Is Mamie on the bed? That's correct. Mamie's not mum's lesbian girlfriend. That's the cat's name. <laughs> um, She's ready to take questions as well. Okay, good. Now, our first question comes from Becky. <laughs> Uh, and she wrote to me and she said, I have a question for your special guest. I have a colleague at work that cries constantly over the smallest things. How should I handle my interactions with them to minimize my distress? Very easy. Anytime I worked with somebody who cried, I ran away really quickly <laughs> because I hate any intimate situations like that. Avoid at all costs people who cry. <laughs> I so, can see a, a lot of Peter in you in this. <laughs> many people say that. All the best parts of me. So what if they're crying because they're grieving because they've lost a relative? You're just going to run away and not say anything. A very quick double pat and then run away. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's very... Uh, the double pat to show that you care and then you just get out of there. what if they're crying? Becky in her email says they're crying constantly, like every day. And she's trying to minimise her distress. What should she do? She can't run out of the office every time this woman starts to cry because she'd never be in the office. Oh, good thing, hey. All the better for her, <laughs> Get <say>. fired. <laughs> By the way, great, we should say great. you are re- retired. You are unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Not unemployed, retired and okay. still very much in demand. All right. Um, is, are you done with that question? Yeah, no, not it. really, because the other oh, thing I'd fuck. like to say is that um, she could go to her supervisor and ask to have mm. that person sacked. No, she, she wouldn't be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, sacked. I agree. Not no, I sacked. agree. Get her sacked. That's what I think. You no. can't be crying all the time. Oh, no, you my can't God. be. You too. Oh. look couple of heartless feminists here. <laughs> Two generations of feminists, both equally heartless. <laughs> you Thank <gotta> you. <laughs> Um, our next question, and this is quite a serious question, Kay. Um, <laughs> they didn't want to be identified, so this comes from Anonymous. Um, their question is, so what to do if you see a friend's husband on Tinder? I don't have an account, but was curious to see what the fuss was about, and an acquaintance showed me how it works, then brought up the only guy she was chatting with. It was the husband of her friend. Do you tell your friend it's a shitty situation and they may shoot the messenger? Or worse, if they separated and you had no idea, then you're a shitty friend. What to do? I think I would go and confront the husband of your friend Mm. and tell them you're going to give them a week and if they don't say anything, then you're going to dob them in. But what if they have, like, some kind of open arrangement marriage? I don't mean to shock your delicate sensibilities, Kay, but some people are in those sorts of relationships where they are like, you know, if you need to uh, uh, get sex takeaway, then you can go and do that. Look, I just can't relate to that because I think sex is overrated, so I don't know. (laughs) But also then he would just say that, wouldn't he, if you confronted him? What, that it was their arrangement? Yeah. That's right. He would say he's in an open relationship and then I'd mind my own business. But what if he, he's just saying that he's in an open relationship? <laughs> what if that's a lie and the then wife Then you could bring it up know? with your friend casually about open relationships one day. So be like, hey. So if you're talking to your friend Julie Kay and you're saying to Julie, hey, 
what about open relationships? <laughs> well, if it was my friend Julie, she's been a bit of a wild girl in her past anyway. I wouldn't be shocked at all. All right. <laughs> Bad example then. Um, so you're saying confront the husband, don't say anything to the your friend. Yes. Um, but, get, but give him a time span. One week you've got to confess and then I go to the... What? Police. <laughs> go to the police. <laughs> the sex police. <clears throat> that's a new show on Channel 10, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's right. You would definitely watch a show called Sex Police. <laughs> I would, in a heartbeat. Can you run us through, while you're on the phone, run us through the shows that you watch every day? Okay, no problem. By the way, by the way, this is 2015. Now go. <laughs> okay. All Saints, Prisoner... <laughs> Um, the Chase, I'm totally devoted to The Chase. And if anybody out there from The Chase Australia is looking for contestants, have been practicing. Okay. I told her that a friend of ours is working The Chase and she has not stopped talking about <laughs> getting me, getting her in touch with that friend since. Anyway, continue. Family Feud, <laughs> which I'm thinking of giving up because Grant Daniel annoys me. Mm, um, the, the Midday Movie. Okay, we've got a final question for you. We don't know whether to say this woman's name, so we're just going to make her anonymous. But she wrote to us and says, I need your advice. I don't know if you're looking for serious questions, but is it weird that I'm 21 and still a virgin? Kay, as a 57-year-old virgin, <laughs> you're the perfect person, place to answer this question. Um, I was way older than that before I had sex for the first time, so... Absolutely nothing wrong with it. You hold on to your cherry as long as you can. Don't say cherry. <laughs> you hold on to your special private place. Don't say special private place. What is she supposed to say? But, Kay, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, you're if, if you're I, – I think it's normal as well. I always use the example of Tina Fey. I think Tina Fey was like 25 and she was still a virgin. And even if you're older than that, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, it's – uh, it's all about the individual, right? And mm -hmm. you should do it when you feel comfortable. But I'm afraid for people who wait longer and longer that they're building it up to be that something it shouldn't. And the longer you wait, the more and more you're going to build it up. And I reckon you should just go out and just do it. <laughs> do it with anyone. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think you should do it with nobody ever. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, Peter's on that. So. Yeah, I'm on that. Um. <laughs> He's abiding by that. Yeah, abiding by good mother's boy, law. Boy, <laughs> on purpose. Not, uh, yeah, it's all on purpose, definitely on purpose. <clears throat> I well, think what you're, you've got a good point, though, like that you can have a balance between like building it up into a huge thing so you become more and more nervous about it, it yes. and you'll keep putting it off. It's... It'll be fine. Like, just do it when you're comfortable. It'll be okay. It probably won't Absolutely. be great. Absolutely. Kay, and then you practice. Kay, what's you know your what? View? This is not oh. the most important part of the relationship. The friendship is, not the oh, yeah. part. Very nice. How's your friendship with Dad going these days? Oh, very good. We barely speak. Okay, good. <laughs> That's like Peter and my friendship. <laughs> it works. You know what? It works. It does. <laughs> it's a secret to a long relationship, never speaking. <laughs> That's correct. You don't argue if you don't speak. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Should we get Peter on Farmer Wants a Wife? Oh, no. no. You could be the next Bachelor. I hate those shows. 
shows. Uh, what about if Peter's the next oh, Bachelor? Hate them with a passion. You'd have to watch it though if Peter was the Bachelor. No, I would not. I would be <laughs> too ashamed of him to watch it. That's the straw. That's what she'd be ashamed of. <laughs> yeah, nothing that's preceded this she's ever been ashamed of. Absolutely nothing, but definitely if she did that. Okay. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Okay, Thank I you, Kay. It. Okay, bye. And we'll get you on again. Bye. Never again. See ya. Again. See bye. Rebecca Shaw, yes. <laughs> we're coming to the audience from the past. <laughs> two thousand and two. No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, but we are. It's it's a late night recording. It for is. Us. <laughs> Twenty <I've had> past <laughs> nine. <laughs> Beck, we've just spent what seems like the last six hours <laughs> watching. A, a film that I thought was really important to watch because this is our twenty fifth uh, episode, yep. which is a milestone in, in all of its own. It's also the second anniversary show, so we needed to do um, something special. something that meant something, you know? Yeah, because we are at a at a crossroads. Crossroads. <laughs> Let's try that career. again. Because we are at a crossroads. crossroads. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> um, um, yes, it's. It's the film Night of the Hunter. No, it's, uh, it's the film <laughs> Crossroads from 2002. Yes. Which good essentially, year. yeah, it was a good year. <laughs> it was. Crossroads is a very important film because it's in that grand tradition of, you know, there being a pop star. Yes. That's very marketable. Mm-hmm. And everyone in Hollywood is just like, oh, we need to make as much money as possible. Yeah. Put them in everything and not in all things. And back in 2002 and in the years before that, movies used to make money. Can you believe it? <laughs> I remember those times. Um, now, I'd never seen Crossroads before. Yeah. Tonight. And the pop star in it is mm. Britney Spears. Ms. Ms. Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. Does she prefer? Oh, is she married? <laughs> She doesn't want people to know. Yeah. Yeah. Was this when she was with Justin Timberlake? Yeah, that, I think she okay. was. They have very similar fashions around this time. That's true. Because in Crossroads, she wears a lot of double denim. And she has the, like, two-minute noodle hair. She has the he- magic two-minute <laughs> yeah. noodle hair, um, which was the style at the time. Yes, as we all remember. The most shocking thing about the film Crossroads, and I think mm. you'll agree, is not only is it a female director... Mm, that is shocking. But it's a female writer who later went on to be Ms. Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> Amazing. Can you believe that? Peter didn't tell me who wrote it and then it came up on the s- screen and I screamed for five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> this is her greatest work. It is. You know, it's obviously a prequel to Grey's Anatomy yeah. <laughs> or How to Get Away with Murder. Well, the first thing we learn in the film Crossroads is that Brittany is on track to become a doctor. Yes. And Dan Aykroyd, who plays her father in this, she's in high school. Yeah. She's just finishing up high school. He walks into her bedroom and says, uh, have you got your speech ready? Don't forget your valedictorian. First of all, 
why would she forget that she's a valedictorian? Like, it's just something yeah. you just forget. Yeah. Oh, what, what me, valedictorian? <laughs> Look, you're trying to imply that Brittany isn't smart enough to be I'm valedictorian. To you are. She's in her knickers <gasps> and bra. Um, uh, and she's eating. She's not in a bra. She's she, got a top on, like a singlet. Yeah, yeah, she's eating cereal while she's dancing. Yeah. And putting on pajamas. That's what girls in do. In the morning. <laughs> yes. So. She's, she <laughs> instantly screamed valedictorian to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's different kinds of smart. But before all that, we also see young Britney, played by Jamie Lynn Spears. Oh, is that Jamie that Lynn Jamie Spears? Lynn. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jamie Lynn Four Spears. Four years before she got pregnant. <laughs> Poor Jamie Lynn. Good Poor. on her. She made some choices. Look, she's fine. better than Bristol Palin, that's all I'm going to say. Um, Love that they're in competition, but... Yes, they are. All <laughs> okay, teenage single mums are in competition <laughs> okay, with each other. They keep a... There's three of them. There's three of them. There's children. young Taryn Manning... Young Zoe Saldana and young Britney Spears. Yeah. And they all bury their most valued possessions in like a keepsake box. Yeah. And in the ground. In the ground. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to dig it up after prom. You know that tradition of like digging something up after prom? <laughs> yes. Um, what did you dig up after your prom? <laughs> you don't your self worth. You don't want to know. <laughs> um, it, time comes to go to the prom. Brittany, who plays Lucy, she's a bit of a nerd. Doctor, yeah. She's she's going to be a doctor. Zoe Saldana, none of them speak to each other anymore. No. It's They've been five apart. years. They've grown apart in those yeah. five years. Zoe Saldana is like this cool girl with like a clique and like Wendy Williams is her mother and she's very glamorous. And like posh. a beautiful, ethnically diverse clique as well. Oh, oh Taryn Manning, we should say, uh, is... Yeah. um. Pregnant. She's 16 and pregnant. But they're basically, it's the three archetypes, like the nerd, the cool girl, and the white trash. Yeah. They go to their prom. Looks like a bad, very bad prom. Yeah. Um, they instantly spot like a really hot guy playing in the band. Yeah. Um, and Kit, played by Zoe Saldana, and all her cool, clicky, hot friends are kind of dancing around. They're like, who's that guy? And so they're like, he's Ben. And <laughs> and then, out of the blue, one of them says, he killed a guy. And just like a passing comment. <laughs> he killed a guy. Yeah. All right. Fine. And they're all like amused by it. Yeah. It's funny. But that's what schools will usually do is hire like a slightly older <laughs> ex-murderer yeah, yeah. to play at their prom. Do you know who was at my prom? I don't know if I've told this story. We didn't have a prom, obviously. We had a school formal. Yes. This is fucking Australia. Yeah. Go back to your own country yeah. crossroads. Um, But like to punish us because we were apparently like terrible grade 12 class mm-hmm. or whatever, Um, instead of getting, you know, like a cool band... To St. George, like that didn't exist anyway. But um, the principal hired like an old couple in their 70s. <laughs> this is not joking. An old couple in their 70s and um, w- like literally, like no exaggeration, one of them um, played like the old, what do you call it, like the washboard where you like run a spoon down it, like a wooden spoon. <laughs> And they were doing songs like, if you knew Susie, like I knew well, the, Susie. You would have loved that. Oh, I was <laughs> you having have liked time cool music. You would have loved that. And then later on at the school formal, this old couple like in their 70s who played the washboard, <laughs> they literally got like booed off after two songs. 
I felt terrible That's for awful. them. Why did you keep booing them? So I slept them? with both of them after the show. <laughs> and you're like playing his washboard apps. <laughs> Anyway, I feel like we got off track. No, that's great. Um, <clears throat> but Brittany has a worse formal date than I ever had because I went to my school uh, formal on my Pat Malone. <laughs> but her, I would rather go to my school formal on my Pat Malone than go with Justin Ugh. Long, who is like Brittany's lab partner, who he like five minutes after the school prom like pressures into sex and comes up with. They like, don't have sex, but he wants to. They're not together, but no. he wants to make a deal where they lose their virginity to each other. Yeah. So he has a written list that yeah. he tries to pressure her into He's it. He's like, we both want to do it. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> do we? Um, also, he looks see-through. Like, he's so, he's so pale, pale and white. And, That's- like, she strips off for him. She's oh in, like, her, she's, her body's amazing. Her body be banging. It's incredible. Yeah. And he's sitting there in his, like, little white like, yeah. cotton shorts and he has no erection inside. <laughs> Even Peter had an but erection. Don't, don't you think that's shocking? This is well, they couldn't show it. Britney Spears. There's no way Justin Long didn't have a boner. All right, calm down. The thing is that Taryn Manning, who plays Mimi, the pregnant white trash one, she <sighs> she really wants to dig up that time capsule that they buried when they were twelve, and. Yep. Kit, played by Zoe Saldana, not so interested. Lucy, she's Britney engaged, Spears. by the way. Yeah, Kit's engaged in high school, normal. To a college to boy. To a college guy who's out in LA. But uh, just when Taryn Manning doesn't think anybody's going to show up to unearth the time capsule, suddenly she shines a flashlight <laughs> and Britney's standing there with a shovel. <laughs> That's my dream, is to, like, Britney Spears to appear with a shovel. Hey, anyone, anyone want to see a dead body? <laughs> But they don't give any reason why they change their minds. No. They just, just did. <laughs> okay, good. Um, hey, Shonda has to make some shortcuts. Yeah, you know. fair enough. They dig up the time cap- capsule. They suddenly realize they, they had a lot of dreams when they were younger and they want to see those dreams fulfilled. Yeah. And um, Brittany wants to find her mother who yeah. left when she was a baby. Um, Kit wants to Which- marry. Oh, she wants to get married. She's oh. got a doll with like... A fucking veil on Ugh. it or whatever. Kit, dream bigger. And my favourite one is Taryn Manning says, she's got like a globe in there or something. A keychain. Like, I want to see the world. I want to go to California. <laughs> which is... Wait, which no, is wait, wait, classic, wait, wait, It's the classic American attitude of like the world not existing <laughs> beyond either coast. <laughs> but also, why did you just do streetcar in design for accents? <laughs> I've always <laughs> relied on the kindness of strangers. To get me to California. <laughs> that was no accent at all. <laughs> she basically plays Pensatucky in this. Yes, it's Pensatucky pre-meth. But even bad things, some of the stories she tells in it are yeah. exactly the ones yeah. that she tells. <laughs> Orange and the New Black. It's so It's dark. because she has, like you were saying, she has this innocence about her that she kind of, yeah. she's got this very kind of babyish, toddlerish face. But doesn't Which is a compliment. <laughs> and she has this baby voice as well that she's kind of like, it's kind of like phlegmy, I would describe it as. I don't know. But yeah, I think it's just like heart-wrenching because you want her good things to happen and nothing good ever happens to her in anything. Mimi also has uh, lofty ambitions of becoming a successful recording artist. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, Beck, she wants to get to LA because she's got an audition lined up with a record company. <laughs> Which is apparently just a thing that happens for anyone. Yeah. I actually thought it was kind of hard. Nope. But apparently it's like, 
idle. You just line up for hours <laughs> and then you go to audition for a, a record company. Yeah, that's how it works. So she's like, hey, guys, I'm going to LA. If anyone wants to come with on my road trip, I'm traveling with that uh, with that murderer we mentioned before. <laughs> but she doesn't tell them no. he's a murderer until like two she's days She's like, he's in. just a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who also ended up being a murderer. Uh, forget about it. They all show up. They all show up. Out. Yeah. Because if they didn't, there would be it would be the end of the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when Taryn Manning picks up Brittany to go on the road trip, that is the first time we get to see Brittany in a bucket hat. Which oh, is thank God. <laughs> I was waiting my whole life. My favourite thing, because it is very, if there's anything that's 2002, it's a bucket hat. Because in <laughs> 2002, they used to give out bucket hats in copies of TV hits. <laughs> you guys, anyone seen my TV hits bucket hat? <laughs> but I, I love the hat. combination of a midriff top and a bucket hat. <laughs> like, who, what weather do you need that for? Well, bucket hats. What are bucket hats for? Are the worst sun protection because they have yeah. that really narrow, thin rim. Yeah. I'm describing my penis. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get very far back into uh, the trip. In fact, yeah. they get to this. this is. Really shitty diner. We got 40 minutes in and I swear we've been watching it for two hours. The start is so slow. They get to a diner and <sighs> they all realise that they don't have any money. <laughs> That's something you talk about before you go on the trip, yeah. ladies. Prepare. Yeah. God. Yet, apparently plenty of money for bucket hats. <laughs> um, uh. And so they have to stay in like this kind of rundown hotel. They walk into this like... Motel, and they're all like instantly. Just, this is disgusting. <laughs> the hotel that they stay in is nicer than any hotel in Toowoomba that I've ever stayed yeah, in. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's, it's not fine. That bad. It's got two beds. Um, um, but you miss a bit where there's an in sync reference. Oh yeah, they when sing they're singing, they bye, sing bye, on bye. to bye bye bye. It's so good. Yeah, that's my favorite part of this movie. Is anytime they're in the car singing along to a song that yeah. isn't a Britney Spears song. They also sing sh- some Shania Twain. Yeah, it's the best. I would watch an hour of that. Well, it's not an hour of that. Um, Shonda Rhimes couldn't get the rights to uh, everything <laughs> in the So Fresh. <laughs> so Fresh 2002. Yeah. I'm going to look up what's on that. Can we talk about... We've talked <clears throat> about um, Lucy's headwear. I really want to talk about um, Mimi's headwear because... Mimi's pregnant. She obviously dresses for comfort. Sometimes she wears a shirt that says Mimi on it in case she has that baby brain. And she wears a lot of bandanas. The question I have for you, Beck, is are those bandanas from Canteen as they were in my childhood? All bandanas. All bandanas were Canteen bandanas. But people won't know what Canteen is. Yes, they do. Not overseas listeners. I don't want to know anyone who doesn't know what a Canteen bandana is. It was for cancer research, guys. God, when they go on cancer. Remember when we solved cancer <laughs> by buying bandanas? Remember Coney 2012? <laughs> Do you want to know what's on So Fresh 2002? Oh my God. I'll give you some list examples. It, list it, list it. Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant yes. Farm. Annie, are you okay? My favorite, one of my favorite hilarious songs ever. What would you do by City High? How did that go? What would you do if your son was at home crying all alone on the kitchen floor because he's hungry? Yes. And the only way to feed him is to sleep with a man for a little what? bit of money and his dad is That's gone. That's not the only way to feed him. Crushed by many more. Great song. Stand by Eminem. Yes. Oh, Don't Stop Moving by S Club 7. Oh, That's a classics. banger. Those classic years. So Great fresh. intermission. Um, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly they end up in New Orleans. Or well, we think it's New Orleans. 
It is New Orleans. Um, and Mimi has a bright idea. Apparently, there are places in New Orleans that <laughs> if you need money, you can go and sing karaoke and people will just put, like, tips in one of those, like, giant plastic tubs that used to be filled with Cheetos that you'd buy at Walmart. <laughs> and it just it's just like a giant plastic tub that says tips and you can just throw this bills This bit was in very confusing. Incredibly confusing. So, it's karaoke. It's karaoke, but people, but people pay, pay you if they like it. And remember, Mimi Taryn Manning is the singer. Yes, Brittany's so, not the singer. So she goes out. She's up in front singing. Uh, Zoe Saldana and Brittany are just like the backup singers. Zoe Saldana is just there to be beautiful. Yeah, and Brittany, she can't hide her contempt at being a backup singer. <laughs> like, even though she's supposed to be acting in this, she's like, "This is wrong. <laughs> I, <feel> I don't <laughs> belong here." <laughs> and she's right. Taryn Manning begins to sing. She's terrible. The song is. I love rock and roll. And who yeah. doesn't? But she's fucking it up. She's getting booed. She's getting nothing in the way of tips. No. And they need tips. They to need continue. tips to live. Yeah. And Brittany decides to take over. They need Brittany. No. Well, she asks Brittany, please do not just. And Brittany's like, Brittany. if you insist. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, me. Yeah. Me. I think I'm going wrong. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Me. Singing. I love nobody does a sexier constipated grunt than Britney Spears. How dare you? It's so hot. Leave Britney alone. <laughs> this movie did not make me love Britney Spears any less. No, no, no. It didn't. I just have a real Britney soft Spears. spot for Britney Spears. It's funnier because this film didn't hurt the career of Britney. It didn't hurt the career of Zoe Saldana or Taryn Manning. <laughs> It did hurt the career of, like, Britney's love interest, Ben, the ex-con, uh, because we looked up a picture of him in Google Images, and um, he's not doing well. He's fine. He's not he doing He just okay. looks 50, but that's all. He looks like one of those guys that they have, like, a viral video of, and, like, uh, remember the guy, like, the, where they... Cr- throw- the nice voice guy yeah. that they, <laughs> the, they the, radio, the radio voice yeah. guy that was homeless. He looked like that guy. <laughs> Can I just say, I thought Britney Spears was totally fine. Her acting is on par with the others. Let me, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. I've got to tell you though, when Britney starts to sing I Love Rock and Roll, which was kind of like the hit that single was the from bad, this yeah. movie, I guess. When she sings it, the tips come flooding oh. in. Everyone tips, can't tips, get to their tips. wallets fast enough. It's like when you hold, like, make money rain. It's Britney, bitch. Like, she can <laughs> yeah, do it. It is Britney, bitch. <laughs> but she's not bringing it. Um, still got the tips. She's still got the tips. They got enough money to get really drunk in the hotel room, <laughs> at which point they're all telling each other secrets, having yeah. having laughing times, having fun times. Having Look, it's what girls do when girls get together. While they're laughing, Zoe Saldana says something quite outrageous, and... They ask her what... Britney yells. No, 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 no. Ah. And I come back to my point of Britney being a great actress in this. Britney yells, <laughs> Zoe, no. <laughs> now, now, dear audience, remember, <laughs> Zoe Saldana's playing a character called Kit. <laughs> in her defense. And that stayed in the film. In her defense, you had to be listening for it to hear it. Yeah, well, that's generally what I do when I watch a movie. I do listen to it. <laughs> no. But also they ask Zoe Saldana what the best thing that's ever happened to her is, mm. and she says reaching her goal weight. That's like mine. That's like, oh God. <laughs> that's like my. Get, you're so depressing. Um, and then Taryn Manning tells a really heartlifting story of her pregnancy and how it came about. She basically 
got uh what you would do would you say drug no well what, what do you say when somebody like slips you a drink or like gets you drunk yeah i guess so a man got her drunk too drunk too drunk and, and took advantage took advantage there's no way of saying it it's a real you know what's a real dead end in this movie <laughs> i've got to say it's just real life it is real life and that's why this is a prequel to orange's new black yeah but something bad happens to uh Mimi and she falls pregnant, but uh, she kind of had before claimed that it was her boyfriend's semi boyfriend, yeah, baby when it when it wasn't. Yeah, it's not your fault, Taryn Manning. <sighs> but then um, uh, the thing I love about yeah. all these D and M's deep and meaningfuls is that thanks for clearing that thanks, up. Yeah, <laughs> LOLs <laughs> laugh out louds. By the way, BTW. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> they all happen in this beautiful New Orleans courtyard and they all happen on beautiful wicker chairs. Oh, yeah. Is there anything better than talking about um, the time you got raped on a wicker chair? God. It's every young lady's dream. <laughs> and then they do the Shania sing-along, which is the best. Did they do that directly after the sexual assault conversation? That seems inappropriate. Yeah, that's like the next oh, trip, I think. And anyway, guys, let's move on. The guy, because um, it's his car and it's like a classic car. Yeah, the, he won't let them drive it. No, and so while he's asleep, they take his keys and st- he's asleep in the back seat. Yeah. And then they're driving it and he wakes up and is yes. furious so so that they drove his car. And he's like... I didn't understand what was happening. They were like out in the desert and he's kicking the dirt and like yeah. kicking like karate. And Brittany kind of confronts him. She's like, why are you so fucking pissed off, man? And that's how Brittany speaks. Yeah, that was very natural. <laughs> and he says, my car is like the only thing that hasn't been taken over by chicks. Yeah. The only thing. Yeah. He's like, I've had to be around girls for days. And so he's furious. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. But uh, mm. that's for some reason Brittany's really attracted to that aggression because uh, welcome to the real world. Yeah, I know. Girls love bad boys. <laughs> 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 girls love misogynists who hate them. Like, why do girls always love like assholes? Like, when are good guys like me gonna get a break? <laughs> <laughs> Where was he put in the friend zone? That's my straight guy character. That was really good. Thank you. Sound like you're from Heartbreak High or something. Now. When she's getting up close and personal with Ben, yeah, uh, Ben, she she reads a poem to him, uh, which happens to be the lyrics of "I'm not a girl, not yet a woman." <laughs> I used to think I had the answer for everything, but it's not put to music at this stage. No, it's, it's a just poem. A beautiful poem, a perfect poem. He even says to her, "I love your poem." Now, if you're a teenage poet. And you're reading a boy your poem, and he says that's a really good poem. What he is saying to you, ladies, what he is saying to you, if he says he loves your poem, <laughs> he's saying he wants to fuck you. Yeah, that's nobody likes nobody your likes poem. teenage poetry. Nobody in the world. By the way, while all this is happening, <clears throat> they're all still working under the impression that he is a murderer. <laughs> we find out later what a great guy. Ben really is. Mm, he's not a murderer after he's all. He's not a murderer. Brittany just asks him, did you murder someone? <laughs> Which happens like five or six days into their road trip. <laughs> Go on a road trip through a desert yeah, with, with a, a guy, guy you, you assume is a murderer. Because <laughs> from all reports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when's the right time to ask? 
I know when we're literally camping <laughs> miles <laughs> away from anyone else. Dear Dolly Doctor, yeah. <laughs> when do I ask my boyfriend if he's a murderer? Um, it turns out that he's not a murderer. <clears throat> Something. He did spend some time in prison for driving his abused sister across state lines. <laughs> the classic story. <laughs> now, <laughs> We're, what kind of fucked up, I, like, I know, like, in the South, in the US, and I'm sorry to our listeners, I know we have a few who live in the South. Do we? I think so. I like the South. I've never been I there. love it. I've been there plenty. Okay. Bragger, I'm yeah. an overseas overseas traveler. Traveler, but they, I know that they do have some kind of backwards laws, and so do so does Queensland, where we live. We have some backwards. Yeah, laws abortion as well. is illegal. But I, I don't think that driving your sister across state lines. <laughs> it's not like is having a, fruit. That yeah, it's illegal in is Australia. Illegal. Didn't you say something like? It's illegal to park your horse outside yeah, a post office. It's one of those old-timey <laughs> laws. Like, if your dog pees on a on the horse's leg or something outside the saloon. <laughs> it's basically that whole speech is like, I'm not a murderer, I'm a hero. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was in jail for a good thing so you can fuck me. Yeah. The next scene, <gasps> Brittany finally arrives in Tulsa. Is it Tulsa or uh. Tucson? They're Brit- both in Arizona. Okay. Because, remember, Brittany's mission is not to really get to LA, but it's no. she wants to visit her mother. Without telling her mother she's coming. No. She's like, my mum walked out of me when I was like a baby. Hasn't made out any, she, no, reached she out at all. ever tried to get in contact no. with me. You know what she's going to love? <laughs> if I show up unannounced on her doorstep, she's going to love it. Yeah. Her mother's played by uh, Kim Cattrall. Samantha Amazing. From Sex and the City. Uh, she opens the door and she's like, ooh, is this my 3 p.m. visitor? I love to fuck big cocks. Uh, Claudio Doherty, apologies to, to you that for that impression of you doing yeah. Samantha. <laughs> she opens the door. She's very glamorous. She looks like a porn version of Terry Irwin. She's dressed all in khaki. Look... <laughs> She's got like high-waisted khaki, like, like very form-fitting. Chinos, very form-fitting. Her ass looks like a Georgia peach. Yep, it's a very strange outfit, but she still looks amazing. She looks incredible. Yeah, not so happy to see. Brittany. No, she acts very strangely, like a robot. And then she's got another family, like other children. Yeah, and... who Brittany didn't know about. None of Why them are she... as attractive as Brittany. Which, well, you need the Dan Aykroyd yeah, genes. Yeah, which says to me that Dan Aykroyd is the real hottie in that relationship. <laughs> what makes me suspicious again about Britney's acting ability oh, is the really big Brittany. emotional scene that she supposedly has with Kim Cattrall, where Kim Cattrall says to her, I never wanted you and you were a mistake, which would be crushing to hear. Can you imagine? Them- That's what I say to you every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, mummy. <laughs> I suspect that they don't film that scene because Britney couldn't react to it. Mm, that's a tough emotional scene to, <laughs> to react portray. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need some good acting s- skills. The next time we see Brittany is when she comes home surprises. Wet. She comes home wet, road hard, road hard, road hard and put away <laughs> wet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she comes back to the hotel. They're staying in the best hotel yet. They've still yeah. got plenty of money from that tip jar, yeah. supposedly. Um, and she's very upset, and she explains to Ben her new BF. That uh, her mother never wanted her, et cetera, et cetera. Bet's, Ben's like, 
wait here, I've got a surprise for you. He leads Brittany, still wet, by the hand into like this weird function center with this old like piano, white piano in the middle. But first he rips out her poetry out of her own... Keep your fucking Neanderthal paws off her diary, you piece of shit. He's got a surprise for it. Who knew what it was going to be? I actually thought he was just going to like unzip his fly and be like, i got a surprise for you, baby. But <laughs> Baby? <laughs> it was much worse than that. Uh, <laughs> it was a piano. It was a piano and he'd written music to her poem. Because she wanted his penis, but instead she got a pianist. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought of myself. So, Britney <sighs> sings what is to become the 2002 hit single, Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. Yeah. Um, which is about sex and losing your virginity, I guess. I didn't think so before this movie, but, but now I do like think it. so. Yeah, yeah. They decide to continue on to LA because remember, Mimi, five months pregnant, has an audition there for a record <laughs> company, which you can get anytime you want. When they arrive in LA, uh, Kit, really wants to see her fiancé. Remember her college fiancé? Mentioned briefly at the beginning of this conversation? Well, Zoe Saldana hasn't told him that she's in town. She's like, I'm in town, I'm coming to see you. He's like, all right, don't, you know, hurt yourself trying to come here. She's like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. I'm so drunk. I started slurring. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be fun. She calls him and says, let's meet up. I'm in town. He's like, no. And she's like, what about tomorrow? And he's like, meh. She's like, I'm fucking a girl over here. Would you leave me alone? (laughs) But Zoe Saldana shows up with Mimi in tow. Mimi's like, I don't want to go. And they show up on his door. Um, He's really sleazy. He's ugly. He's got like some other woman over there. He's just, he's got a bowling shirt on, like you he's said, got, Charlie, like, the Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Charlie yeah. Sheen classic shirt that you'd get at Lowe's. But I will say that this next bit took me by, it could be the, it's the shock. It could be a lot of wine that yeah. made me so emotionally involved and shocked. You were I was shocked. Honestly shocked. I was. I had no idea it was coming. We find out <sighs> that. The reason that Mimi is acting so uncomfortably around Zoe Saldana's fiancé, who is drinking from a blue bottle, dun, dun, dun. the same blue bottle that Mimi's rapist was drinking yeah. from, you find out that uh, oh. Kit's fiancé is the person who raped uh, Mimi. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's terrible. I was uh, incredibly shocked. I had no idea. Zoe Saldana Zoe realizes so- she punches him right in the gob. Good. And uh, Mimi is, like, very upset and she runs away and she falls down some stairs and she loses the baby. Not to brush over that so lightly. Bad things always happen to poor Tara Manning. She has that face. But can I say, what was Zoe Saldana doing with that fugger in the first place? horrible looking. She looks like Zoe Saldana. She's beautiful. Mimi's dying wish, JK, she didn't die. Mimi's true wish is she realises that, you know, she's in a great deal of pain. She's not going to make the audition. And she says to Brittany, Brittany, you need to go in my place to this audition. Yeah. Because amazing voice. And Brittany's like, see ya. Uh, Basically, listen, if someone who just lost their baby was like, Forget about me. Go to your go to this audition. I'd be like, no, 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 no. You just lost your baby. I disagree. No. If someone who had just lost their baby asked me to do anything, I would do it for them. Oh my God, you're so kind. Thank you. <laughs> but Brittany does go. She blows their fucking socks. She off. has. Okay. Is it just a mid? Is it still a midriff if you show your entire stomach? But she's not just showing off. 
a stomach. She's showing off like the bone. The pubic bone. The pubic bone. Thank you so much. No problem. I was going to say pussy bone. I'm so <laughs> glad I didn't. <laughs> pussy bone. Now. And she has so much lip gloss on. She's got so much lip gloss on. She has no material on her stomach because she saved all the material for her sleeve. Yeah, it's a very. Long sleeves. The 2000s were a weird fashion time. <laughs> weird. But, but she stuck But does she get a record contract? We never find out. She just. Oh, yeah, she's it. just good. She's she just good. Nails it. Oh, yeah, I didn't think she of that. She probably doesn't get a record contract. She's sent home. They're like, you are good, but not great. No. Yeah. Go back, go back to your shitty career in medicine, Brittany, <laughs> you loser. It, oh. it finishes them with they bury, they bury their box of keepsakes. I like, had a note written here that just said, put her ring in it, and I could not understand. No, I don't remember that at yeah, all. Yeah, it's Zoe Sutherland put her, oh, yeah. her ring in. So they, they keep a box of keepsakes in a, in a box. What am I talking about? <laughs> so sorry if it is. Keep a box of keepsakes in a box where they keep it. Yeah. So the old box was about. What? <laughs> You're talking about Kim Cattrall again. Peter <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. The first <laughs> memory box was about the future, and now this one's about burying the past. Yeah. So she put her baby. No, and um, <laughs> they put their what? <laughs> she put her baby. In it. <laughs> no, that's no. They bury the past. They bury Ben's body on the beach. I hope we never we never really see him at the end. No. Because it's not so much about him. This is about female empowerment. Well, but that's a lie because I was going to say it's about female friendship, but it really isn't until the last scene. (laughs) I have the trivia, piece of trivia that I told you Ah, was going to blow your mind. Are you ready for it? (laughs) Wait, i got to swallow my tequila. Please do. (laughs) I'm going to cry saying this. I feel like really... (laughs) What's happening? I'm so scared. Uh, originally, <laughs> get it together. Stop uh, yourself. Originally considered for the role of Mimi was Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, yes. <laughs> Every movie that we've ever done Melissa on this jo- podcast in twenty-five episodes. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, she's haunting us. <laughs> this is terrible. But listen, listen. To the sound here in your here in my heart, heart. Um, in my Melissa Joan heart. Oh, beautiful, perfect tie-in. Melissa was in a Britney film clip, "You Drive Me Crazy," where oh. she played a waitress. Do you know what I've tried? That's with her and Adrian Grenier. Yeah, from I always want to call him Adrian Garnier. That's better, Fructus. Yeah, um, and I've w- started watching it maybe four times and never been able to get to the end of it. That I movie. Can't stand him. Is he They're just like, both. Is he like Johnny Drama? Who does he play in Entourage? Yeah, someone I don't know. like that. Do you know I recently went on a uh, Virgin airplane brag? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and they're in-flight entertainment. Okay. They have, like, sections. Like, I'm very grateful that they provide in-flight entertainment. All right, calm down. But the comedy options on there are Big Bang Theory. Uh, yep, Bazinga. Modern Family. Yep. Two Broke Girls. Oh, my goodness. And Entourage. Wow, that's a l- and the line guy, up. And, and the guy in front of me when I was traveling to Sydney, the whole flight, he was like, I've got to get through this episode of Entourage or I'm literally going to die. <laughs> what would you choose out of all those? Um, I'd choose, uh, to go down in that plane. <laughs> As I was saying, Melissa Joan Hart in a classic Britney film Ugh. clip, 
I wanted to, before this conversation ended, I know it's been going on a while and I do not apologise for it. Never. I think we need to talk about her great film clips and we've each chosen one that we're particularly passionate about. Um, mm. Would you like to go first? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> passionate is – look, Peter, Peter told me to choose a Britney film clip that I enjoy and the problem is, is that I was pulled under by how good the song is. You know, Britney's not known for her – I'll say, like, narrative film clip. So I chose Toxic. Okay, classic song. That's a great song. Do you remember the year? It was 2003, so right after this. Okay. Toxic is just a great song. I just love it. And there's... Starts on an airplane. Starts on an airplane and Britney's in a very um, Uh, impractical um, airline hostess outfit. Uniform. Not outfit. They wear uniforms. I I also said hostess. I'm sorry. I wonder what the male hostess is. Host, hostesses? <laughs> Hosts. Sure. What do they have to wear? Like, arseless chaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's wearing, like, a kind of, like, lots of cutouts. And I think it's, like, lemon, lemonated. <laughs> That's not the right word. No, it's not. Perspex. You know so much about fashion, though. <laughs> Am I talking to Vogue? Leland Am I talking to Vogue editor Kirsty Clemens? <laughs> she's also, like, a very... She's got the personal touch as an air hostess because... <laughs> Well, first of all, she spills something on someone's lap. Not very good. But she does clean it up with her hand. Yes. <laughs> off the man's very lap. Very sexually. And then she, like, Makes drags out a with guy, guy. Like, like a fat guy, she drags him into, like, the Toilet? bathroom. That guy's smaller than me, and there's no way both of them fit into no, no, that no. fucking They're thing. Tiny. They're tiny. I would barely be able to get in myself. She, like, pulls his face off. She First, she, like, licks his neck. She licks his neck. And I'm into neck. that. And then pulls his face off, and then, like... He's a hot guy. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah, nobody knows exactly Cut why. Two. Her and- <laughs> Brittany's in a wig. On a the back wig. of a motorbike. On the back of a motorbike. She's loving it. Driven by Tyson Beckford. Yes. Cut two. Brittany. <laughs> in a wig. <laughs> in another wig. She's breaking into a laboratory to steal. Toxic? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of got like an alias Alex Mack vibe. Like she's getting yeah. revenge she on. She turns into a puddle of blue liquid. <laughs> She slides under the door. <laughs> Cut to Brittany's scaling a building. And then she like explodes a building as well. This and is then... a real showcase for Brittany's wigs, by the it way. It really is. It's just a wig fest. This was, would this alias have been on at this time? Definitely. Right in the middle of alias, 01 to 06. Oh, well, there you go. There you go, explains it all. Brittany, cut two. She's tackling Australian actor Martin Henderson <laughs> and she pours Toxic. Yeah. The weird, Toxic by Britney. Yeah. He's like, pour whatever you want into my mouth. This is fine. She's like, what about this green poison? And he's like, yep. Cut to she's back on the aeroplane. And then she just is a normal hostess. And then she's just a normal hostess. She's like, peanuts, sir. <gasps> it doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's fine. Which is why I'm so grateful for the film clip that I've yes. chosen. 2001, same, oh no, the year before Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a film clip called Lucky. Uh, it's It does have a narrative. It's one yeah. of Britney's few clips that really does have a narrative. She comes out on a stage. She's like, I want to introduce you to a girl. Uh, she looks exactly like me, <laughs> but her name is Lucky, and she's a star. First of all, that's a dog's name. Yeah, but she cries, cries, cries. <laughs> her lonely My heart's heart. breaking. Yeah, if... If she's so happy, why do these tears come at night? Yeah. Um, why do they 
only come at night time. I don't know. She's, you know, Because that's when you're alone are, with your thoughts yeah, and right. insomnia. But we're introduced to Lucky. She's living in a penthouse. It's beautiful. Every morning she's woken up by like a 100-year-old man bringing her flowers. She's got a terrible life. Yeah. Lucky, though, has a very sad story. She walks out onto a balcony not to jump. She's just there to contemplate. She's contemplating on her balcony. She walks back inside. Suddenly, the ghost of Brittany is everywhere. There are like eight different Britneys in her apartment, none of which she can see because Lucky is very self-absorbed. She's in her own world. Then, a man knocks on the door. Another weirdly, like, long-haired, blonde, handsome she has, man. She has That's her thing. Uh, he, like, pashes her. Then, twist. It's the set of a movie. <gasps> And this house that we thought was her home is the set of a film. Yes. And then she walks off the set and we understand why she has such a terrible life because there are 1,000 assistants doting on her. <laughs> it's horrible. I would hate that. By the way, when Lucky is in my favorite shot of this, other than the shot I showed you where <laughs> she looks directly into camera, there's no proper way to explain it in words. But no. you know, I just suggest to everyone that you need to go to 1 minute 30 of the Lucky film clip <laughs> and have the time of your fucking life. My other favorite shot of this uh, film clip is when Lucky is kind of strolling around her penthouse apartment and she's looking into a mirror, but she's also looking into a hand mirror at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> also... Another terrible part of her life is having to go to Academy Awards ceremonies <laughs> where she wins Best Actress Awards. Now, the Academy Awards in the Lucky film clip are depicted as an outdoor ceremony attended just, by 12 people. Just at the end of a red carpet, like just, where you would yes. usually walk up. They're just like, you'll have it here. Even though it's 2002 and there is no suggestion in this film clip that it is set in another time period. Yeah. But... All of the photographers have those cameras <laughs> with flashlights, flash bulbs on them. Yeah, they're like old timey. Yeah, they're like Brittany. Hey, Brittany, over here. <laughs> hey, Did I you see hear the Brittany? news? <laughs> I'm um, sorry, Lucky. Sorry, they're lucky. not the same person. No, oh, lucky. God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's not about Brittany. It's, it's not, not about Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> it's not about Brittany at all. She's happy. The point is, it's a great film clip. Uh, at the very end, uh, Lucky notices Brittany in the crowd and she's like, it's me. And she just looks slightly confused and then just closes the door. What would you do if you saw another you? Like, if you saw... Um, I'd instantly <laughs> fuck him. Like, that's, like, no What if question. you saw um, Rachel Maddow? Anyway, Blackout, end of the Lucky Film Clip, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Can you imagine, though? Whoa. I felt like there was a bigger twist in the Lucky Film Clip than there was in... Was it really directed by M. Night Shyamalan? Oh, fuck. Of course not. <laughs> okay, oh, so my confused. God. <laughs> I just Let's just end this here. <laughs> no. Was it really directed by Steven Spielberg? Welcome, bienvenue. Welcome. Fremda, étranger, stranger. Glücklich zu sehen, je suis enchanté. Happy to see you. Bleibe, rest, stay. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. In cabaret, au cabaret, to cabaret. Beck. Peter. I think it's time to play for the first and last time <laughs> Australia's favourite game show, Is It Feminist? If it's feminist, is it feminist? I know you'll be the same. 
Is it feminist? If you wanna know if it's feminist, it's feminist. Beck, it's Is It Feminist? Uh, like a lot of great game shows, it's based on a blog post you did. <laughs> yes. I started Wheel of Fortune that way. Jeopardy. Yep. Is It Feminist started off on your blog where mm-hmm. you discuss if things, concepts, mm-hmm. random items, random items can be feminist because we are living in a day and age, Rebecca, where the most important thing <laughs> to know about anything is if it's feminist yes. or not. If you are a young actress, mm-hmm. if you are a sports person, if you are a lawnmower. We need to know if you are a feminist. Yes. And if you have feminist ideas. Yes. Everyone needs to be asked at all times. It needs to be drawn out and thought about and talked about everything. So let's do it. <clears throat> let's play Is It Feminist? <laughs> yes. So we've got, I've got a website that you just press a button and it brings up a bunch of random objects. Yes. And I'm just going to say it and then we'll discuss if it's feminist. <sighs> Is it feminist? I'm looking at oh, you. Is it? No. <laughs> a piece of gum. I feel like a piece of gum is feminist because feminists do a lot of talking and they need to work out their jaw. <laughs> yes, and it helps produce saliva, which keeps their teeth healthy, which means they can continue to have discussions about feminism. And people look really hot and sassy when they're chewing gum. Especially women. And feminists' main concern is looking hot. <laughs> It is feminist. It's feminist. A pair of rubber gloves. Mm. <laughs> now, this is a tricky one because it is a trick implies that you should be in the kitchen doing dishes, mm. which... But if which it's is, a woman's choice, yes, if then a woman she should wants, be doing dishes. If, if a woman wants to put on rubber gloves and do dishes, then she should very well be able to do that. I would say it's not feminist because this is the patriarchy trying to contain our feminine hands and how fucking dare they let your hands free don't let it be contained by rubber and latex and also if you are doing the dishes you still don't need rubber gloves no you're a strong woman you can handle scalding water it's not feminist it's not feminist a bandana mm, a canteen <laughs> peter, bandana peter fitzsimmons wears one it's not feminist mm. oh, you've already made that call very early no. i think we need to discuss this okay but also... We saw Taryn Manning wear a bandana in Crossroads. Yes. So that makes me think, yes, it is feminist. Mm. However, other people wear bandanas. Like motorcyclists? Yes. But they can be women? Yes. <laughs> but here's the thing. I also associate bandanas with, like, women working in the fields, like slave labor. Right. Yes, that's not very feminist. That's not very feminist. Intersectional feminism is very important. Unless the woman is the slave owner. That could be feminist. <laughs> no, no, it couldn't because of intersectionality. But that's a woman why, why don't you want a woman to be a boss? She can be a boss, but just not a slave owner. <laughs> I'm going to say it's not feminist. Um, much to my despair, I'm also going to say it's not feminist. Okay, next in the list is a pasta strainer. <laughs> hmm. Again. This seemed like a lot of kitchen heavy. Are you sure you're not just on like a kitchen website? I'm just looking through my kitchen drawers. Okay, I'll do a different one. Okay. A um By the way, pasta strainer not feminist. Not. You should be able to strain your pasta with your hands. We've already 
What about a handful of change? A what? <laughs> a handful of change. Mm. Now look, okay. I'm, I'm do you know pro what? women having money is what I'm going to put <laughs> Me out there. too, but especially if you have a handful of change that's not 78 cents to the I dollar. Often. And also <laughs> a good weapon is holding a handful of change and smashing a guy in the face. That's right. That it is, is feminist. I don't think it is feminist because she deserves cash money. <laughs> she deserves some notes. Give her some notes, not feminist. Okay, what about a um, a novel? <laughs> oh, well. Is a novel written by a woman necessarily feminist? No. No. Because her ideas might not be feminist. Although the act of expressing your voice as a woman and getting a novel published mm. in especially if it's like not genre specific mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, not, that's feminist not, i think not do you like this word chiclet ugh a word that has been created by men to make i hold think down women it depends how heavy the novel is <laughs> if they can lift it if a woman can lift the novel over her head <laughs> it's then it's not feminist <laughs> <laughs> okay a um uh, a plush rabbit. <laughs> what does that mean? A well, plush no, I'm going to skip that one. Don't skip it. What's a plush? I think they mean like a plush toy that's yeah, also a rabbit. Yeah, but it's a rabbit. Well, if Sex and the City taught us anything, it's What's that it? the, rabbit, the rabbit is feminist. You know what I mean? Oh, wink, a vibrator. Wink, the I oh, I just, don't, don't say it. <laughs> so a plush vibrator would not be good. Well... It'd be like bashing a Pavlova up against there. I don't know how much <laughs> enjoyment that you get from it. Now I can never enjoy Pavlova again. <laughs> You've ruined my Christmas. I'm putting, I'm putting Pavlova. Ruined my Christmas, Pavlova, not feminist. Pavlova and vaginas together. That's mm, Actually, good point. Mm. So is that – I'm going to say it is feminist. You know what? I think it's like not first wave feminism because I would say – these are child things and this is Oh, too it's infantilizing women. Inf- yeah, it's infantilizing. Let's reject this. But I think it is third wave feminist, but not first wave feminist. <laughs> Do you think Taylor Swift has a plush rabbit? Definitely. Please welcome to the stage. <laughs> a plush rabbit. <laughs> Apologies to our Liza Marie. If you haven't seen that video, I suggest you do. Okay, let's have two more. Okay. Uh, a jigsaw puzzle. <sighs> hmm. I'm going to say... A jigsaw puzzle requires logic, so it's not feminism. <laughs> That's not anything to do with feminism, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to say that it allows women time to focus on an activity. It means that they are having a very meditative time. I can see it spread out over their table. I'm saying you can't do a jigsaw puzzle outdoors because of the wind and therefore jigsaw puzzles would keep women in the home therefore it is not feminist i'm going to say it is feminist because it gives women a time to themselves away from the daily drudgery of dealing with men outdoors but they have to deal with their men indoors jigsaw puzzle corners are sharp not feminist (laughs) one more one more one more okay um a magnifying glass Hmm. If it's to look at a man's pin dick, I'm going to say, yes, it is feminist, because that's like a really patronising move. Like, but even if she gets it out, even if his dick is any yes, size, any size she's dick. just like, mm. she's like, let me see that a wee little thing. 
And it also implies that she's solving crimes. Mm. So she's being like all Trixie Bell and Nancy Drew up in here. And that's Shirley Holmes. Whoa. Shelly Homer. Just created my own series. <laughs> Women solving crimes. Jessica Fletcher is feminist. Mariska Hargitay, feminist. <laughs> and that was Is, is It, it feminist? Me, it's been a big one. This episode, I mean, <laughs> uh, it has. It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. Yes. Um, and here we are at the end of another episode. Beck, do you have any plugs before we go today? I, I do. You have one. It's a really good one too. Yes, I am going to be on a panel at the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. Now, when you say on a panel, please clarify, are you like laying down on the panel and I am the panel and they put the their glasses on me. Okay, great. They put their little water. bottles of water. Yeah. Yes. Um so it's called the New Satirist and I'm there with Dan Illick and James Colley and Kate McCartney and a few other people. Wow. And I shouldn't be there, but I'm going to be um and that's on the 5th of September at the Drama Theater at the Opera House. The Opera House. Opera House. So will you be singing some classic Dame Joan Sutherland songs? Yes, I will. Thank you. Uninvited. Um, and so yeah, it's on the fifth of September. Buy a ticket at the okay. FODI or whatever. You'll find it. If How you much are tickets? It's like twenty five dollars. That's or too much money. You get to see me. And if people want to go, can they want- just contact you for comps? <laughs> if you want to go. But the thing is, you'll get to go and see me be nervous and possibly cry for okay. nerves and vomit. So, that's worth at least $15. $15. And the other $5, you get to see Kate McCartney, who's exactly. a really great, funny All right, calm down. and writer. Yes, okay, she's very great. very jealous you get to meet her. I hope oh. she, she'll probably ignore me. She won't ignore you. What else? That's really exciting. What else? Um, our friend, uh, Chris Weldon, um, he's got a fringe show next month, I think. Yes. You would have heard him on our live show singing. The Gilmore Girls theme. And he's got a great, uh, not a podcast, he's got a great blog. Yes. Who knows? Podcasts and blogs. What's the difference? (laughs) Um, He's got a show based on his blog called Christopher Doesn't Live Here Anymore where he kind of walks you through the, I think, 60 houses he's lived in over his young life. It is crazy. Um, So go to that at the Melbourne Fringe. Yes. Yes. SBS, Backburner, Kill Your Darlings. Darlings. What have you got going on? Absolutely nothing, (laughs) nothing, nothing, (laughs) absolutely nothing. (laughs) No, that's true. I have nothing going on. But I will have soon, JK, haven't thought of anything. (laughs) (laughs) Good Keep an eye on our Twitter for all the things. I'm at Peter Taggart. I'm at Brock Goldsnitch. 
And Beck, I wanted to express my gratitude to you for sticking with this show for two long, tiresome years. <sighs> it uh, looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. We might have <laughs> took the long way, but <laughs> we knew we'd get there someday. They said, I bet they'll never make it. But just look at us holding on. We're still together, still going strong. Yo, yo, yo.